Greetings, fellow explorers. Welcome to the Lore Explorer podcast, where we take a look at the lore and history of various media, from video games and movies to real-life figures and events. With all of the hype for Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, I thought it would be cool to give some context of late 1500s Sengoku Japan. I've always been fascinated by the history of Japan, and any time I get to indulge, I jump at the chance. Understanding the real-world parallel could enhance the experience of the game and give it more meaning. While I love talking about video games, I feel it's also important to talk about the history of the world, giving insight to people and places that most wouldn't learn about in their daily lives. Forgive me if I mispronounce certain words and phrases, I'm sure I may butcher some of them. This episode will be longer than usual, but I want to make sure I'm doing it justice. I'll be focusing on a handful of events, but we'll go into detail about them all. With all of that in mind, I hope you'll join me in learning about the late Sengoku period of Japan. The Sengoku period, otherwise known as the Age of Warring States, lasted from 1467 to 1600 and was wrought with constant militaristic conflict over the warring provinces. Each province wanted the privilege of naming the next heir to the Ashikaga Shogun throne. During this time, the emperor was more of a ceremonial figure rather than a leader. The emperor delegated his power to the shogun, who really ran the show. The shogun was the title given to the military dictator of Japan from roughly 1185 to 1868. The shogunate was their administration. Each province had their own regional feudal lord, also known as daimyo. Dai, meaning large, and Myo, standing for Myodin, meaning private land. These daimyos fought to be the successor to the shogun. This gave way to what is known as the Onin War, which lasted from 1467 to 1477. The Onin War is generally regarded as the beginning of the Sengoku period. In conjunction with the daimyos vying over the title of shogun, deep economic strife contributed to the tension as well. The reigning shogun at the time, Ashikaga Yoshimasa, didn't have any children, therefore needing an heir to the throne. Yoshimasa proposed that his younger brother should succeed him until he later had a child. The two chief administrators, Shiba and Hatakayama, took sides over the dispute. This was the spark that lit the flames of war. It was a battle between the Hosokawa family in the east and the Yamada family in the west. The fighting between the two start in Kyoto, which was the capital of Japan at the time. The constant battles left Kyoto devastated over the 11 years of conflict until it began to spread to outlying provinces. To give context to Sekiro specifically, the province in which the Ashina clan resided was in the far eastern part of Japan. During this constant warfare, the civil aristocracy and temple complexes lost much of their income from Shoin which, in any event, had been declining. Showing was basically any private, tax-free estate or manor which contributed to the growth of the local clans. Many of them left the capital, moving to Sakai or Nara, or even taking up residence in the castle towns under the protection of local daimyo. This migration of aristocrats and priests functioned to diffuse the higher culture of the capital to the provinces. Old traditions were destroyed, but from the ashes a new culture was born. After the Owning War, the power of independent local leaders increased, and in many instances, 
Deputies of great Shugo houses usurped the domains of their superiors. Retainers overthrew their overlords. And branch families seized power from main families. As the warring daimyo carved out their territories, neither emperor nor shogun was able to govern the domestic scene, let alone control overseas trade. Further, Japanese marauders in association with Chinese pirates again became active. It was at this point in Japanese history that the Spanish and Portuguese made their appearance in the archipelago. In 1543, several Portuguese were shipwrecked on the island of Tanega, off southern Kyushu. These were the first Europeans to arrive in Japan, and the art of musket construction they passed on at this time immediately spread to Sakai and other places. This new technology, eagerly sought by the daimyo, revolutionized warfare in Japan. Although a period of war and destruction, the late part of the Warring States period also saw a considerable cultural flowering under the influence of Zen Buddhism and the patronage of the important daimyo. Economic growth also occurred despite the widespread warfare because the feudal lords discovered that they had to encourage strong economies which could support their large armies. Agriculture was expanded through land reclamation and large irrigation projects while new mining ventures were undertaken. Despite the vast majority of the Japanese being followers of Zen Buddhism, the outside world began to bring new ideas. In 1549, the Jesuit missionary Francis Xavier arrived in Kagoshima. After missionary work for more than two years, he left Japan. But thereafter, Jesuit missionaries arrived continuously. The missionaries utilized trade and goods from the Portuguese ships to propagate Christianity, and there were cases in which merchant ships would not enter the ports of daimyo who did not show goodwill towards missionary activity. Thus, the daimyo of the Sengoku era, seeking profits of foreign trade and the acquisition of military equipment and supplies, protected Christianity. Some daimyo even became Christian converts. I didn't see any influence of Christianity in Sekiro, just Buddhism. I won't get too deep into Buddhism and Japan's relationship with Christianity, outside of giving some context to the religion during that time. The history is dense and honestly can't be covered in one episode. The majority of the Sengoku period revolves around three powerful warlords, Oda Nobunaga, Toyotomi Hideyoshi, and Tokugawa Ieyasu. Each played a huge part in unifying Japan after the long period of war. I'll talk about each of them as they come up in the timeline and as they interact with each other. There are three major events that capitalize the Sengoku period, involving the three warlords as well. The Battle of Okehazama, the Honoji Incident, and the Battle of Sekigahara. Though there will be more information, I want to talk about each of those events in detail to emphasize their importance. We'll start first with Oda Nobunaga. He really came to prominence with the Battle of Okehazama on the 12th of June, 1560. Imagawa Yoshimoto, the powerful warlord of what is now Shizuoka Prefecture in Japan, had become powerful enough to make an attempt on the capital, Kyoto. To do so required steamrolling across the provinces, one of which was Owari, held by the Oda clan under the rule of its violent and charismatic leader, Nobunaga. The Imagawa entered Nobunaga's territory early June 1560 with an army estimated to have been 25,000, encamped just outside of modern-day Nagoya in an area known as Dengaku Hazama, near the village of Okehazama. Nobunaga, on the other hand, could only raise 2,500. 
Nobunaga and his men gathered themselves in position in an area known as Kamagatani, on the other side of the Imagawa's main camp. June 12, 1560 was a steaming hot day, interspersed with showers and thunderstorms, during which Nobunaga made his move. The Imagawa forces were celebrating their recent victories over the important capture of Oda-held Marune and Washizu castles, and the liberation of their own Odaka castle with sake and food. Many had removed their armor because of the heat. The smaller number of Oda troops, being familiar with the area, made their way down from the slopes and hills above Dengaku Hazama easily. Their movements, masked by weather, wind, or thunder, they entered the small valley and struck hard at the heart of the Imagawa camp. Yoshimoto was in his tent-like war camp enclosure when he heard the first of the fighting. Believing it to be a drunken brawl between his men, he left the camp to investigate and was shocked to see Oda's troops bearing down on him. Imagawa was not, as is popularly believed, killed in his war camp. When Nobunaga's troops stormed the camp, Imagawa and his men were at rest and were not prepared for battle, and they quickly abandoned their camp and fled about a hundred meters to where the fighting took place. Imagawa is said to have fought off one attack by the spear-wielding Mori Shinsuke, cutting through the Oda Samurai's spear and into the man's knee. He was then tackled by a second Oda Samurai, Hattori Koheda, who promptly took the general's head. This was one of the most important turning points in Japanese history. The battle signified the end of the powerful Imagawa clan and elevated Nobunaga's name and status across the nation. It also allowed the freedom of one of the Imagawa clan's prized hostages, a 19-year-old youth said to have been dressed in red armor, Matsudaira Motuyasu. Motoyasu would eventually become the shogun, Tokugawa Ieyasu. Ieyasu had been tasked with the leading uh, supply mission to Odaka Castle, and was away from the battle site when Nobunaga and his men attacked, thus potentially saving his life. So, how did Nobunaga's small force manage to overcome such a large army of invaders? Aside from the reasons mentioned above, there are some major points that must be considered. It must be remembered that although the Imagawa army was numerically superior, not all of the Imagawa men were surrounding Yoshimoto at the time. The area is a series of hills and valleys, and the Imagawa forces were distributed over a relatively wide area, and were therefore unaware of the action until it was too late. Likewise, many had been sent ahead to surround and lay siege to the numerous smaller castles in the area. The cunning and brave Nobunaga took advantage of the conditions, the timing of the attacks, the weather, and his familiarity with the terrain to attack the heart of the Imagawa. If he had simply faced the forward troops, he would have been steamrolled by the swarms of following samurai. For this reason, Nobunaga's smaller numbers managed to defeat the Imagawa forces at a ratio of 10 to 1. In 1568, Nobunaga made his way towards Kyoto. A man named Ashikaga Yoshiaki asked him to start a campaign that would make him the new shogun. Yoshiaki was the brother of the 13th shogun of the Ashikaga shogunate and wanted revenge against the ones who murdered him. Nobunaga agreed and fought his way to Kyoto, driving away rival clans on his journey there. On the 9th of November, 1568, Nobunaga entered Kyoto and Yoshiaki was made the 15th shogun of the Ashikaga shogunate. Oda Nobunaga was ruthless in times of war. 
He went on to gain more land and defeat more clans in the Battle of Anigawa, the Siege of Nagashima, and the Battle of Nagashino, among others. He had truly become one of the most powerful men in Japan. That is, until 1582, where he was betrayed during a coup known as the Honoji Incident. Early on the morning of June 21st, 1582, Nobunaga was attacked while staying at the Honoji Temple in Kyoto by a large force commanded by one of his most trusted generals, Akechi Mitsuhide. By 1582, Nobunaga had total control over central Japan and had sent his generals across the nation in an aggressive expansionist campaign. The Takeda clan had just been destroyed in the Battle of Tomokuzan that March, leaving the Mori clan as his main rival. As such, he had sent Toyotomi Hideyoshi to battle with the Mori in the Chugoku region. The timing was right for Nobunaga, as his remaining four main enemies were weakened by the internal problems or the recent deaths of clan leaders. Nobunaga himself was celebrating the destruction of the Takeda by touring the Kansai region with Tokugawa Ieyasu when a request for reinforcements came from Hideyoshi who was laying siege to the Mori's Takamatsu castle. Nobunaga ordered Mitsuhide to assist. Mitsuhide is believed to have been born in Kani, Mino province. He came into service of Nobunaga following his conquest of Mino in 1566. Nobunaga rarely placed much trust in his followers, however he highly valued Hideyoshi and Mitsuhide. In June of 1582, Nobunaga left Azuchi Castle for Honoji in Kyoto, where he was going to hold a tea ceremony. Mitsuhide saw this as a perfect time to strike. He ordered reinforcements for a battle in the Chugoku region, and on June 22, 1582, marched his 13,000 men to Kyoto where Nobunaga was lodged, with only some 70 guards in the temple. Hopelessly outnumbered and wounded by arrow fire, Nobunaga retreated to the inner sanctum of the temple and committed seppuku. The reason for Mitsuhide's betrayal has forever been a source of speculation and controversy. Nobunaga appears to have treated the man severely, reprimanding and publicly humiliating the samurai in front of his peers. This mistreatment has been forwarded as one of the reasons for his treachery. It doesn't ring true, though, as Nobunaga highly trusted Mitsuhide. Another reason often put forward is the Hatano incident. Mitsuhide was ordered to attack the Hatano of Tamba province. In an attempt to control the situation without bloodshed, he offered the Hatano a chance to surrender to Nobunaga and join forces. Mitsuhide took the Hatano lord's mother and family as a goodwill gesture to Nobunaga, who promptly had the old lady and family members executed. Sometime later, the retainers of the Hatano found Mitsuhide's mother and had her killed in revenge. This could well have been the prime reason that would serve to turn Mitsuhide against his master. The betrayal shocked the nation. Mitsuhide then claimed the title of shogun based on his ancestry, Mitsuhide had expected little objection to his coup, as he believed the other generals to be preoccupied with their attack on the remaining contention to Nobunaga's rule. Toyotomi Hideyoshi, however, was laying siege to Takamatsu Castle by flooding it. He quickly and peacefully resolved the situation with the Mori, and was able to relocate his army within four days to Yamazaki, 
south of Kyoto, catching Mitsuhide by surprise. The ensuing conflict was the Battle of Yamazaki. Two hours after engaging, the traitor's army was routed. Hideyoshi then worked to control Nobunaga's lands and power. To give some background for Toyotomi Hideyoshi, in 1558, he began as an Ashigaru for the Oda clan. Ashigaru is the term given to infantrymen during that time. He was at the Battle of Okeizama, and when Nobunaga defeated Yoshimoto's overwhelming forces. Hideyoshi led troops in the Battle of Onigawa in 1570, in which Odu Nobunaga allied with Tokugawa Ieyasu to lay siege to two fortresses of the Azai and Asakura clans. He participated in the 1573 Siege of Nagashima. In 1573, he was also victorious in campaigns against the Azai and Asakura. Nobunaga appointed Hideyoshi Daimyo of three districts in the northern part of Omi province. Nobunaga's other son, Oda Nobukatsu, remained hostile to Hideyoshi. He allied himself with Ieyasu, and the two sides fought at the inconclusive Battle of Komaki and Nagakute. It ultimately resulted in a stalemate, although Hideyoshi's forces were delivered a heavy blow. Finally, Hideyoshi made peace with Nobukatsu, ending the pretext for war between the Tokugawa and Hashiba clans. Hideyoshi sent Ieyasu his younger sister, Asahi no Kata, and mother, Omendokoro, as hostages. Ieyasu eventually agreed to become a vassal of Hideyoshi. Hideyoshi continued to conquer other provinces and their clans, continuing the work of Nobunaga. In 1588, Hideyoshi forbade ordinary peasants from owning weapons and started a sword hunt to confiscate arms. The swords were melted down to create a statue of Buddha. This measure effectively stopped peasant revolts and ensured greater stability at the expense of the freedom of the individual daimyos. The 1590 siege of Odawara against the Hojo clan in the Kanto region eliminated the last resistance to Hideyoshi's authority. During this siege, Hideyoshi offered Ieyasu the eight Hojo-ruled provinces in the Kanto region in exchange for the submission of Ieyasu's five provinces. He accepted. Hideyoshi spent the next decade attempting a campaign against Korea, which never really amounted to anything. Odawara was one of his crowning achievements, and the campaign against Korea is seen as a sort of decline of power. Hideyoshi died on the 18th of September, 1598. Tokugawa Ieyasu is the last major figure for the Sengoku period. As mentioned before, he was allied with Yoshimoto during the time of the Battle of Okeizama, but evaded it by orders to capture the stronghold of Marune. After the battle, with the Yoshimoto dead and his forces devastated, he decided to assert his independence, reclaim his ancestral seat, and ally with the Oda clan. Ieyasu remained an ally of Nobunaga, and his Mikawa soldiers were part of Nobunaga's army, which captured Kyoto in 1568. In 1570, Ieyasu established Hamamatsu as the capital of his territory, placing his son Nobuyasu in charge of the Okazaki. That same year, he led 5,000 of his men to support Nobunaga at the Battle of Anigawa against the Azai and Asakura clans. In late June 1582, Ieyasu was near Osaka, and far from his own territory, 
when he learned that Nobunaga had been assassinated by Mitsuhide. Ieyasu managed the dangerous journey back to Mikawa. Ieyasu was mobilizing his army when he learned Hideyoshi had defeated Mitsuhide at the Battle of Yamazaki. In 1584, Ieyasu decided to support Nobukatsu, the eldest surviving son and heir of Nobunaga, against Hideyoshi. This was a dangerous act and could have resulted in the annihilation of the Tokugawa. Tokugawa troops took the traditional Oda stronghold of Uari. Hideyoshi responded by sending an army into Uari himself. The Komaki campaign was the only time any of the great unifiers of Japan fought each other. The campaign proved indecisive and after months of fruitless marches and feints, Hideyoshi settled the war through negotiation. First, he made peace with Oda Nobukatsu, and then he extended the offer of truce to Ieyasu as well. The deal was made at the end of the year. As part of terms, Ieyasu's second son, Ogimaru, became an adopted son of Hideyoshi. Hideyoshi was understandably distrustful of Ieyasu, and five years passed before they fought as allies. After the siege of Odawara, the top Hojo leaders killed themselves and Ieyasu marched in, taking control of their provinces and so ending the clan's reign of over a hundred years. Ieyasu now gave up control of his five provinces, Mikawa, Totomi, Suruga, Shinano, and Kai, and moved all of his soldiers and vassals to the Kanto region. He himself occupied the castle town of Edo in Kanto. This was possibly the riskiest move Ieyasu ever made, to leave his home province and rely on the uncertain loyalty of the formerly Hojo samurai in Kanto. In the end, it worked out brilliantly for Ieyasu. He reformed the Kanto provinces, controlled and pacified the Hojo samurai, and improved the underlying economic infrastructure of the lands. Also, because Kanto was somewhat isolated from the rest of Japan, Ieyasu was able to maintain a unique level of autonomy from Hideyoshi's rule. Within a few years, Ieyasu had become the second most powerful daimyo in all of Japan. With Hideyoshi's death in 1598, his son was the sole heir, who was only five years old at the time. A board of five regents comprising of the most powerful daimyo had been established to rule in his name. One of those five was Ieyasu. He made some politically intimidating moves that would expose any contester, while at the same time revealing potential allies. One daimyo, Ishida Mitsunari, loyal to the Toyotomi, stood up to Ieyasu, and thus set the stage for hostilities. Within months, the country was again divided into east and west factions. Preparations for war were carried out by both sides, culminating in the Battle of Sekigahara, a narrow mountain pass where the strategically important main highways, the Tokaido and the Nakasendo, came together. Ieyasu in control of the eastern forces, and Ishida in control of the western forces. Control of the thoroughfares meant control of the nation. The Battle of Sekigahara is the last major event in the Sengoku period. Ishida had pressed east as far as Ogaki Castle, believing Ieyasu to be further north, fighting a skirmish with another daimyo that Ishida had instigated. 
Instead, Ieyasu and his forces had moved west and gathered around Ogaki Castle and a siege began. Mitsunari and a great deal of his followers found themselves trapped inside of the castle and prepared to last it out. Not wanting the siege, Ieyasu spread the rumor that he was going to travel through the Sekigahara Pass and attack Sawayama Castle before continuing on to Osaka. The ruse worked. On the rain-soaked night of October 20, 1600, Ishida and his forces left the safety of Ogaki Castle. Many western allies had already set up camp around the village of Sekigahara, blocking the pass between the mountains. Ishida and the other western troops slogged the 14 kilometers to the pass through rain and mud, arriving very early on the morning of October the 21st. Not far behind him, the eastern forces were in pursuit. The western troops occupied the high grounds of Mount Nangu and Mount Matsuo, with Ishida himself positioned somewhat northwest of Sekigahara on Mount Saseo, while the eastern forces were concentrated on the lower plains surrounded by western troops. At 7.30 in the morning, the rains had ceased, and the thick mists lifted, allowing the two factions to see just how close they were to one another. From that moment on, wave after wave of samurai began killing one another across the rice fields. It is suggested that the death toll was as high as 30,000 in the seven hours of close combat. It could well have been higher if conditions hadn't been so damp and stores of gunpowder had not been rain-soiled. Ishida's vanguard fought well and hard, however not everyone participated in the battle. The troops stationed behind the Tokugawa forces on Mount Nangu refused to engage. At the same time, the other western allied forces high on Mount Matsuo also failed to enter the battle. Ishida couldn't understand why they, or the Shimazu clan camped just below his vantage point, wouldn't fight. In the case of Shimazu, and in fact with many of the former Toyotomi loyalists, it was not that they had turned against the Toyotomi, but because Ishida was not a popular man and his attitude and pride had alienated many potential allies. Shomazu had an argument the previous day while in Ogeki Castle, for which he had decided against fighting under Ishida Mitsunari. Eventually, the Kobayakawa-led Western Army moved down from Mount Matsuo, but instead of attacking the Eastern forces as expected, they plowed their way through the right flanks of the Western troops. The tide of battle soon turned. Many Western leaders abandoned the fight and fled. Others followed Kobayakawa and turned. The remaining loyal Western troops fought to the death. Kikawa Hiroe, commanding a huge force to the rear of the Tokugawa, had refused to move as per the deal made between Kikawa and the Tokugawa prior to hostilities breaking out, in an effort to ensure the survival of his masters, the Mori clan, after Eastern victory. Kobayakawa's defection, the inaction of the Kikawa-led forces, and Ishida's unpopularity had undermined the Toyotomi's loyalist campaign. By 2 p.m. that day, at the end of the seven-hour battle, some 30,000 samurai lay dead, heaped across the small battlefield. Ieyasu was victorious. Ishida Mitsunari was later captured along with a number of other Western leaders, and they were publicly executed in a riverbank in Kyoto. On the 24th of March, 1603, Tokugawa Ieyasu received the title of Shogun, 
from Emperor Goyozi. The hereditary title would enable the Tokugawa clan to rule for 260 years of relative peace. Ieyasu outlived both Nobunaga and Hideyoshi, the men who laid the groundwork for the unification of Japan. Ieyasu died in 1616 at the age of 73. He was succeeded by his son and heir, Tokugawa Hidetada, who assumed the role of shogun. Ieyasu unified Japan and ushered in a long period of peace. There was a quote I saw while researching that I thought would fit the summary of the Sengoku period and unification quite nicely. Nobunaga pounds the national rice cake, Hideyoshi needs it, and in the end, Ieyasu sits down and eats it. While this episode wasn't about Sekiru's shadows die twice, it gives a historical context for the time period it takes place in. There are a lot of different names and places throughout the Sengoku period, but its overarching idea of unification, that's important. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Sengoku period of Japan. Though it's impossible to condense almost 200 years of Japanese history into a single podcast episode, I hope you can at least understand the themes and ideas of the time. I've had a lot of fun researching the important figures, battles, and ideas. I'd love to do more episodes on Japanese-related things like Samurai and the Shinobi in the future. I think it'd be fun to kind of dive deep into what makes them them. As always, you can suggest a topic you'd like to hear about in the comments of my Patreon page. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do that on my Patreon page as well. You can find it at patreon.com slash thelorexplorer, or just type in the Lore Explorer in the search bar. I want to thank you all for listening, and I'll see you guys next time.